Yeah, we're going to be in the book of Joshua for the next few weeks, and I'm excited about it because I love the book of Joshua because it challenges my faith, and I hope it will challenge your faith too. I think that it's so important that we understand and know that we can trust the promises of God, that actually the promises God, God makes to us are backed by his character, they're backed by his strength, they're backed by his might. And a lot of times uh, through life, uh, we find disappointment, we go through struggles, and sometimes we let go of the promises of God, that something else becomes bigger in our minds than the promises of God. Um, I love, uh, there's, a, there's a verse in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, that says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And that's a passage from the time when the children of Israel were in the wilderness. And uh, it was a word that was spoken by Balaam the prophet, but Joshua understood it. He understood that he could trust God, that God was not like a man. He was not like somebody who didn't keep his word. He was somebody that we could trust in and rely on. And you know what I've realized is the more that God speaks out his promises and direction to us, the more we should hold on to them. I think especially in the day and age that we're living in, in the church of Jesus Christ, the songs that are being written by young people today, by young musicians, they're all talking about the promises of God. They're talking about the identity that we have in Jesus Christ. They're talking about the character of God. And the reason that God is stirring up this message is because we will face opposition in our lives. We will face disappointment. We will face things that rock our world. But God wants us to trust in his promises and who he says we are. That's why we were singing that song, you, I am who you say I am. And one of the things that the Spirit of God is speaking, especially to the church of Jesus Christ to today, is to find your identity in Jesus Christ, not just in yourself, not just in the things that you do, but in Jesus. And so the book of Joshua is uh, good for us because God was bringing his people into the promised land. He was bringing them through a transition in their life. How many people are going through a transition in your life right now? You may be going from sickness, hopefully, to healing. You may be going through um, a difficult time of uh, job situation, but hopefully things are going to be getting better. But you are going through a transition in your life, maybe in your family, maybe in a relationship, but God is speaking his word of promise to you. And do you hear it? Now, how do we find out? How do we build our faith? How do we hold on to God? Well, the Old Testament gives us plenty of stories that we can build our faith on. And they're, they're written there for a reason. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance taught in the Scripture and encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So the idea is that we might have hope in Christ, based on the scripture that God has given us. And uh, so, a lot of times, if you want to build your faith, if you want to build your trust in God, you've got to go into the word of God. 
And a lot of times, that's the very thing that we seldom do, especially when we're going through trials, especially when we're going through disappointment. K. Arthur says, disappointment's twin is discouragement. Satan's goal in your life is to get you to lose courage in faith because when disappointment comes, right on the back of that, disappointment will become discouragement. And you question God's character. You question his promise to you. You can question a lot of things. And when that begins to happen, we begin to lose hope. We begin to lose faith. And it changes our lives. You know, sometimes through a transition in my life, I I often got discouraged. I wish I could say that I always had overcoming faith. But, you know, that's just not the case. And I'm sure it's not the case in your life either. In fact, in one season like this, when I moved to Kansas, um, I took a huge step of faith. I moved my entire family from Newark into Kansas. And it was like you go from uh, uh, 900 people per square mile to 9 people per square mile. I think it's up to 135 now. Or no, it's like uh, 35 people per square mile now. And uh, New Jersey is up to over 1,000. So it's more crowded in Jersey. Alaska, you know how many people per square mile? One. And it's grown in 35% in, um, in 10 years. I was just looking at that. So, I mean, you're out there and, you know, I was so used to having ministry to do, finding my significance in my ministry and in my relationships with people. I'm very relational with people. And so I was making disciples and I was involved in so many things. And, and then I get out to Kansas and it's like, boom. You know, you just drop there and it's like, prairie land it's like the desert it's like the wilderness to me and you know i think that there's times in our lives when god on purpose will bring you through a wilderness time and you know a wilderness time is when things just are not going well it's not your comfort time it's can be a painful time it can be a dry time spiritually it can be a time of transition and um God will use the scripture in our lives. It says that all scripture is God-breathed. God will use the scripture, especially during those times. We need to hear what God is saying because we need to get through the wilderness. We need to get through the thing that we most dread or maybe sometimes what we most fear or the most difficult times in our life. God wants to bring us through with his strength and with his promise. So the scripture is used as a a way to correct us, to train us, to comfort us, to equip us. First Peter says this, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He's given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. You see... God uses his promises to hold on to in a difficult time so that we can understand his character. We can understand he is still with us through a difficult time. That we don't have to fall into disappointment and discouragement. We don't have to live in that place of discouragement. You know, um, the the way that I got through that time in Kansas was that I got back into God's word. 
I got back into what God was saying to me, and I was listening. I was desperate to hear from God. You know, when we hear from God, when we hear a word from God, it breathes life into us. It breathes life and hope and encouragement. And so I hope today that you will, you will hear life in the words that I'm speaking today because they're the word of God. I hope that you will hear because the Holy Spirit is speaking those things to you in the situation that you're in and that you can hold on to them. But you know, it's not only that God speaks to us, we have to take a step of obedience then on what he has said to us. So God said, this is a time for you, Al, to draw near to me. So what what was I going to do? I had to draw near to God. So I had to get before him on my face, call out to him, let him speak to me. But I had to be in a position of listening. You know, your first step, every year, you know, sometimes what we do is, your first step may be in this 21 days of prayer that's coming up. You know that we're going to have 21 days of prayer and fasting that's coming up. October 28th is when we're going to start. We're going to have prayer meeting here on Sunday. But you know, there's sometimes when we need a season of renewal and revival in our lives. And one of the ways that happens is when the church comes together on purpose, intentionally, to come before God and to hear Him. It may be a step for you. If you're in a time of dryness or wilderness, that may be, God may be leading you. I hope you'll get involved in this 21 days of prayer, that you'll not only pray with people, but you'll pray on your own, that you'll take the season of three weeks to set aside time to be with God, to really call out to Him. We do this every year, but every year, God is faithful to show up. I don't know what it is. Sometimes it's not in the beginning. Sometimes the beginning of 21 days of prayer is the driest time I've ever been in. And if you're fasting, it's tiring too. But you know, in that tiredness and in that weakness, God breathes his strength in our lives. And he promises to do that. And so I hope that you will, you will take that step of, of faith and get involved in that. You see, Joshua, he was a person that faithfully followed God. If we look at the, in the context of uh, what we read today, what Esther read today in, in Joshua chapter 1, We understand that Joshua had this relationship with Moses. Uh, He was an apprentice to Moses. He watched Moses. Wherever Moses went, Joshua was there. So he experienced a lot of things. When Joshua went into the tent of meeting, I mean, Moses went into the tent of meeting, Joshua was there on the outside waiting for Moses. When Moses went up to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, Joshua went up with him. Not as high as Moses went, but right around there. It was, he was his assistant and attendant. Uh, when he came back down and people had made the golden calf, Joshua was there. He saw what happened. So Joshua had a lot of experience through observation and just being in the presence of God. When there was a pillar of fire at night and a, and a pillar of a cloud during the day, Joshua experienced that. He knew that. So he had this relationship with God. And then when uh, they sent out the 12 spies to spy out the land because God said, I'm going to take you right from across the Red Sea, right into the promised land. 
And so they sent out 12 spies. And you know the story of what happened. The 12 spies go out to spy the land. And when they observe all that has happened, they went out there for 40 days. And so they're walking around the promised land, the land that God had promised them. And 10 of the spies only see the obstacles. 10 of the spies only see why they cannot take the land. Why this is impossible for us to do. Have you ever been like that? The only thing you see is the negative. Have you ever been around people like that? The only thing they see is they they only complain. They only say, this. oh, if this would change, then if my marriage would change, then I would be happy. If my kids would be better, then I would be happy. And so they're, they're looking at the obstacles. They're looking at the thing. If my job, if my boss was only better, I'd be happy. If my teacher wasn't such a, that I'd be happy. Fill in the blank. But you know, it's like, it's like we see the things, the obstacles, and we are taken back by them. And they affect us. They affect our faith. Disappointment leads to discouragement. And we step back away from the presence and the promises of God. But Joshua was different. Joshua and Caleb, it was two of them. Joshua and Caleb came back and they brought a report and said, look, it, it's true, there are obstacles. It, they weren't in denial. It's true, there's giants in the land. And it's true, they have fortified cities that are much larger than we've ever experienced. They have walls that are, you know, you can ride chariots on them. I don't know how we're going to take them, but I know if God's promised us to do it, we can do it. I know that if God has commanded us to go and take the promised land, then I know it's possible. This is the faith that Joshua and Caleb had. And they spoke it out, but the ten other spies spoke louder. They said, look at no, it's impossible. They're just in denial. We can't do that. And so you had these two opinions Going back and forth. Sometimes that's what's happening in our lives. You know, we're, we, we have fear. We have doubts. We have disappointment. We even have evidence for the disappointment that substantiates the disappointment and the dread that we're going to feel could be happening next. But then God's word says something different. And the decision that we have to make is, what are you going to believe in? What are you going to put your trust in? And for Joshua and Caleb, they put their trust in the Lord, but the people turned, the other ten spies turned everybody against them, and then God said, okay, for 40 days, you've wandered around and you've checked out the promised land. Now for 40 years, you're going to be in the wilderness. You see, it costs us something when we don't trust the promises of God. It does cost us something. When we give way to discouragement and disappointment, And when we live in that area, it costs us something. Just like we gain so much when we place our faith and our trust in God and his character and his promises. And so they wandered for 40 years. And so Joshua chapter 1 is what God has spoken to Joshua after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Now, the amazing thing is that the, it's, the Bible says their clothes and their sandals never wore out in the wilderness. 
You see, that God was still protecting them in the wilderness. God will protect us in the wilderness. In times of difficulty, in times when we're in the desert, in the dry times, in the most difficult transitions in our life, He'll still be with us. He doesn't abandon us. In fact, uh, He fed them manna every day. And He um, even brought them, uh, you know, meat. He would bring, you know... Uh, the birds, and they would, you know, they'd have some fried chicken or something like that. So God was, you know, faithfully providing for them throughout the wilderness. But then, when, but they, they continued for all those, those 40 years, those that were 20 and older, they all died. And then the next generation Joshua was supposed to lead the next generation into the promised land. Now, what's amazing is that Joshua and Caleb are probably 60 to 70 years old. Uh, Caleb is 80, they say. They give his, his age 80 or 85. He's older. Now, you, I want to speak to the older people here first. You know, you know who you are. You know how you feel. When older people get together, you know what they talk about? I went to the doctor, you know. My, my knee is hurting bad. You know, we all talk about our ailments. Or the last operation we went through. But for, for Caleb and Joshua, what they talked about was, wow, we've made it. Now we're going in. I can't wait to get into the promised land. They didn't say, hey, I'm too old. You know, so, It's too late. 40 years later, I'm going to go into the promised land. God, it's too late. You didn't show up on time. That's another problem with us. We don't like the timing of God a lot of times. We don't like the timing of God. You know, we're praying about something and God waits. And we get discouraged at the answer. He doesn't provide right away. And for Joshua and Caleb, no, they said, no, it's time. And God spoke to them. Now, what does God speak to Joshua at this time? He says something to him because I believe that not only was Joshua full of faith, but he had a lot of reason to be full of fear. Because he was dealing with two million people, the next generation that had been raised up, and he didn't know where their faith was at. He didn't know if they were really going to follow him. And I was talking the other day to a pastor, and I said, you know, being a pastor is it's kind of difficult because I told him, I said, you know, sometimes as a leader, you're saying, okay, let's go. And then we, and then we get going. And then, come on, follow me. And then you turn around, and nobody follows. You know, it's, it's pretty lonely out there sometimes. You know, but that can happen in any job. If you're, if you're a manager of people, if, you are, if you're a boss, if you're a teacher, all those things, if you're a leader on your sports team or anything, there's a lot of times when you're in leadership and when people don't follow, it's, it's discouraging. And so this is what God spoke to Joshua. He said, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses. And he taught, remember, Moses? So I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestor to give them. 
You know, God had made this promise way back to Abraham. And then he kept on reminding the people, you're going to get into the promised land. And when you do, step forward and go into it. But you know, the other thing that Joshua had to understand was, it's not about me. It's about God. It's about Him and His ability to work through me. And it's the same thing you and I need to understand. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Him and His ability to work through us. So when we have the promises of God, a lot of times when the promises of God come to us, we think everything relies upon us. But all God wants is our availability. He wants us to step forward and God use us the way that he wants to. A few weeks ago, we had Pastor Tim here. He's living in a creative access country in the Middle East. I think you all know him. I can't name the country because this might go on the Internet. But uh, it's against the law to be a, become a Christian there if you're a Muslim. And uh, he was speaking to us about when God called him to be a missionary. And I was shocked when he said, I was eight years old. You remember that? He said, I was eight years old. Well, later on, we had some more discussion. And he came up to me and he said, you know, I was kind of dense. Because God had to keep on reassuring me that I was supposed to be a missionary and that I was supposed to be a missionary in this country. In fact, I, I was so unsure. It wasn't that he was unsure, but he said every time he, he started to have some doubt, God would give him another promise from his word or circumstance would come up, like the picture he took of a different area when he was there as an intern and they built the school right on that place where he took the picture of. And he said, you know, it was just, there's so many things. He says, I can't even recall them. And he says, it's probably because I'm so dense. And I said, no, it's not because you're so dense. It's not. God doesn't speak to you because you're dense. God speaks to you because he's preparing you to do something for his kingdom work. And you're going to have to fall back on what he said to you to keep on going in the midst of adversity. And you know, he goes, you're right, I received that. (laughs) You know why? Because he had just come back on furlough. The reason Tim was back here is because he had a stroke at 38 years old. I don't know if you knew that, but you know, he's perfectly fine. They can't understand why he had a stroke. They can't see any of the... um, symptoms of him of him there's nothing lingering there's no no longer anything lingering because of that stroke and his wife also had to go through an at-risk pregnancy and they had the little baby with them but you see God speaks so that we could hold on to his promises and that in holding on to those promises we can continue to walk with him see God will give you his promises so that you have faith and confidence in him. He'll give you his presence to help you battle your fears and doubts and move forward. And then God will use the circumstances around you and remind you again to trust him. Just like uh, you have in the past or you could see that other people have. 
I think I have a theory that everybody who wants to follow God and to walk deeper with God, God will begin to speak to you. And then it's what you do with what he says. It's what, the next step is very important, what you do. Now, if you don't take the step, a lot of times you end up in the wilderness to learn the lesson again, and then you get the, name, the same step again. It might be weeks later. It might be years later. It might be decades later. But you get to take that step again. He's so patient with us. And while you're in that wilderness area, he's still taking care of you. He still wants a relationship with you. But to move forward into the things that God wants for you to do, the things that, how He wants to use you, it's very important that you take the step, that you take a step of faith. I was just listening to a story about a fella that was uh, a Sunday school teacher in Boston. And... Um, his name, let me see if I have his name here. Uh, I know his first name was Edward. But he was just a normal guy who taught a Sunday school in the middle of the 19th century. And he taught Sunday school faithfully. And one day, he felt the prompting of the Lord to go visit one of his students who was just about 12 years old. And he was working in a shoe repair shop in the city of Boston. And so Edward went out and he went and saw this boy at the shoe shop during his lunch hour. And back then you worked when you were 12 years old even. So he's during the lunch hour of this boy, he starts talking to him and he leads this little boy to Christ. You know who that little boy was? It was D.L. Moody. One of the most famous evangelists. He was like the Billy Graham of the 19th century. And God used D.L. Moody in a powerful way to reach millions of people. But you know what God did? He used Edward, the Sunday school teacher, who had a small class of boys. And Edward spoke into the life of D.L. Moody. And D.L. Moody carried the gospel to millions of people. You see, you can't think of your life as being insignificant. The things that God calls you to do, the step that he tells you to take, the person he wants you to talk to, uh, the young person or a friend that you have, that your word might be the thing of the encouragement that they need to take the next step in their life to follow Christ. So don't think of yourself as insignificant. Think of yourself on God's plan and purpose with his promises and his presence to fulfill what God has called you to do. And it may be very small. It may seem insignificant at the moment. But it can have eternal rewards. That's why God said, Joshua, be strong, very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from it to the right, to the left. You may be successful wherever you go. See, Moses only had the five books of the Bible. You know, we have the whole Bible. But, Mo, uh, but Joshua, at that time, only had the five books. So, the book of the law. And so he meditated on it day and night. 
He listened to it, and he rolled it over in his mind. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. And that was the plan that God gave Joshua to fulfill of going into the promised land. He used the word of God. So we can't get away from the word of God. So many people are saying, oh, we don't really need the Bible anymore. We just have Jesus. No. Jesus is the word made flesh. And if you want to know Jesus more, you know the word. And God speaks through his word to us today. Be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous and not be afraid? How many times did God say this to Joshua in the short passage? Many times. But there's a reason for it. Because with the greater revelation came a greater responsibility. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. What is the next step that God is telling you to take? I remember taking that first step of faith to receive Jesus Christ. I remember the next step of faith joining a church. You know, going to a church where I was unfamiliar with a lot of the people there. Then I remember, ah, the first step, dating my wife. Ah, yeah, that was, a, that was a big step for me. And then marriage, having kids, joining a ministry. You know, there's steps that I had to take to do what God wanted me to do. There's steps that God has for you. Going off to college, graduating, getting a job, uh, trusting God for a huge transition, moving. Whether it's buying a house or selling a home or moving somewhere else. God is in all the transitions of life. He's in all of them and he wants us to trust his promises. Giving to his kingdom work. You know that God is at work in your life in even the details. So what did Joshua do? So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp, tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, we'll cross the Jordan, here to go in and take possession in the land. The Lord your God has given you for your own. I like what Joshua did. He got up. He heard the promises of God. And then he says, okay, people, you have three days. You have to make the decision. He gave them three days to make the decision. To move forward. You know, God is so faithful that when we make the decision to move forward with God, he's there with us. His promise, his presence, his plan will be clearly shown. So I want to close with this. What are some action steps to walking in faith that you can have in your personal life in uh, 2018 right now? Joshua did this way back. But we take the principles from this and we apply them to our lives. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Remember and recite the promises of God. Make the promises of God something that you hold on to. There are certain promises that God will give you at a certain season in your life that he will want you to hold on to. And it may be Joshua 1.8. Be strong and courageous. 
It may be that that may be the promise today for you. But it may be something else. I remember when we were raising our children, Isaiah 54, 13 was the verse that God gave us. Completely out of context, but it says this. All your children will be taught of the Lord and the well-being of them shall be great. And we hung on to that promise and prayed it every day over our kids. The well-being of you shall be great. All your children will be taught. What I desired most, my children would be taught of the Lord. Not just taught by me, but taught by the Lord. Listen and obey the Holy Spirit. Cultivate a prayer life and awareness of God's presence. And then three, take the first steps of faith and obey with confidence and courage. Paul tells us this. He's speaking to the Christians. And he's, again, pointing them back to the promises of God. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to the glory of God. Now, it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Come on! This is good stuff. And all of them are yes and amen in Christ. So we hold on to the promises of God and then we take a step of faith. And we're going to be learning why some people make the step of faith and others don't. And what happens when things don't go as planned even after you make a step of faith. Because that happens to a lot of people, right? But it's all good. The book of Joshua says God has a purpose and a plan in it all. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for all your promises are yes and amen in Christ. And because of that, Lord, we can say amen and bring you glory when we recite your promises, when we hold on to them in faith, and we walk with them in the next step in our life. I pray, Father, for Every person here, Lord, the transition that they're going through, whether they're in a time of wilderness right now, a desert time, a dry time in their spiritual lives, Lord, I pray that you would bring them water out of the rocks. I pray that you would bring them manna and bread to eat. And you'd strengthen them so they can take the next step in their walk of faith and journey with you. Lord, you are so gracious. You're a great shepherd. So would you lead us? Would you lead us into the promised land that you have for us? The things that you've promised to us, that we'd hear them and that we'd walk into them and we'd experience them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I think it's appropriate we end with a song that's called Yes and Amen. I know I introduced it a couple months ago, but to me, the song is spoken so many times. There's been so many times in these past couple years where I've been going through transition and where I've just held on to the promises of God and just needing to. And the song has just ministered to me so many times in the darkest hours that I've faced just uncertainty in my life. You know, I have no idea what's to come next. I'm focusing on the negative more than the positive, more that more on what's happening around me rather than what's to come. And just holding on to 
this song knowing that I can rest in God's promises and knowing he'll lead me through whatever. So why don't we all stand together as we close with this song.
found in me. Oh, it's your faithfulness, and I will rest in your promises. My confidence, oh Lord, is your faithfulness, and I will rest, I will rest in your promises. My confidence is your If you need prayer for anything, we would love to pray with you um, and speak the promises of God over you. Um, so please come forward after the service and uh, please stay for lunch. If you're staying for lunch, we'd like to fellowship with you. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word to us today that all your promises are yes and amen in Christ. And through us, the amen is spoken for the glory of God. Lord, we pray that uh, today you'll teach us how to trust you. This week, Lord, as we enter into the work week or into the school week, we pray, Lord, that even on Monday morning, your promises will be on our heart, your presence would be around us and in us, and your purpose and plan will be clear and we'll walk with you in it. Lord, I pray that you'd use us as a church to spread your love throughout this community wherever we go. Lord, we ask that your presence would go with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.